Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 238 and session number 71 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast. And uh, you guys know this is one of the highlights of my week. And if you're brand new, well, you just figured that out because I just told you. Uh, it's, it's kind of my way to be able to connect with you and answer some questions and uh Kind of like we're sitting across the table having a nice cup of coffee, which I do have a cup in front of me today and also a bottle of water to kind of wash everything else down. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to uh, to do this. But I did want to remind you, if you guys are, are new and you want to ask a question or maybe you have been listening for a long time and now you have a question, I want to remind you that you can leave your own question by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask and uh, you can do that. You can leave a voicemail over there. Just leave your first name and also a brief question and uh, I'll do my best to air it here on an upcoming Ask Scott session. Uh, I really, really love it when you guys are able to do this because again, it feels as though I can connect with you on a more personal level and I think it helps a lot of people because there's a lot of other people that probably have these questions and I'm going to do my best to answer them or at least direct you um, you know, in the right direction, <laughs> direct you in the right direction, I guess that's what I'm trying to say, kind of point you in the right direction, that's better, right? Um, so before we jump into that, I wanted to give a shout out to our TAS Facebook community. You guys are awesome and you're rocking and rolling and there's a ton of great resources there, so if you guys are not a part of that yet, definitely go over to theamazingseller.com forward slash F is in Frank, B as in boy for Facebook, and uh, you can request to join that community. And, uh, you know, I get a lot of people that say, Scott, you know, I, I want to be able to connect with like-minded people. Here's the thing, right? It's a pretty massive group over there, but here's the thing. You can go ahead and, and kind of like see who you might really resonate with or who you might want to kind of have a little bit of a relationship with over there and kind of maybe have an accountability partner or whatever. That's really there for you as well. I mean, the people are there with the same kind of ideas that you are going into this business, and uh, you can go ahead and uh, and kind of pick and choose who you want to hang out with there. Now, there are a lot of threads and a lot of posts that have been published there already. So, if you want to search for an, for something spe- you know specific, something that is uh, you know maybe tailored towards product research or whatever, you can go there and in the search field you can search that. And then you'll get a bunch of different posts that have that in it. So you can go ahead and kind of narrow it down. Um, And a lot of times, if you're just getting started, that's what you're going to want to do. All right. So again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash F as in Frank, B as in boy. The other thing I want to remind you is that this and the other podcast episodes that we've published have show notes. Okay. So you can go and download the transcripts and the show notes to this episode by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 238. And that'll get you to the resources page of this episode or the show notes page, which will have the transcripts and uh, any links that we discuss uh, will be dropped in that page for you. So it's easier for you to to be able to, uh, you know, to take in all of this information or maybe just read the transcripts because sometimes you can't listen because you're at work or whatever. Um, So they're there for you. One last reminder, if you guys are brand new uh, to the podcast, welcome. But I did want to give you a resource that you can check out to get you caught up to speed relatively quickly, uh, basically in 10 days. Um, I have a free course that I created for you and uh, you can find that by heading over to freeprivatelabelcourse.com. 
Again, that's freeprivatelabelcourse.com. And I know I'm throwing a bunch of links at you guys, but if you want, again, just go to the show notes, theamazingseller.com forward slash 238. There I go again. There's another link. All right. So, um, all right, guys, let's uh, let's dive into the first question of the day. I'm really excited to, to jump in here today. So uh, what do you say? Let's get, uh, let's get going here. Let's listen to the first question and I'll give you my answer. Hey Scott, how are you doing, man? This is Antonio from Italy, and I really, really want to thank you for for doing this. It's really great what you're doing here. Um, I do have a question for you. I I recently chose uh, one uh, one product to launch, and uh, well, um, um, I am not sure uh, in which category I should categorize this this product. I mean, um, it's a product that can go can go like in two or three different uh, categories, but. I noticed that um, in like there are um, some categories that are more uh, competitive than than others. For example, if you rank two thousand in a category and and you sell I don't know like uh, three hundred uh, per month, um, the same amount you can reach in uh, in another category. You can reach by ranking I don't know five hundred or something like this because of course it's more, much much less competitive. I'm talking about uh, numbers in in UK, of course, because yeah, I, I'm gonna launch it here, here in Europe. Um, so, uh, which category do you think is best to to launch? Is 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 better like to to put it in a more competitive um, um, category where if if you can like uh, achieve like the, the 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 highest rank then you can you know do well or in a less competitive category where even if you become like the top ten the, the amount of sales remain um, lower. Uh, what, what do you think about that? Thank you very much. Hey, Antonio, what's up, man? All the way from Italy. That's amazing. I love this. I love this part of the podcast, the Ascot. You guys heard me already say it. And again, being able to reach you know, guys like Antonio, and this is just awesome. So thank you for the question and, uh, and for, for listening. Um, okay, this is a good question, and it is one that I've received in the past. And this is my thoughts on this, okay? First off, we know pretty much that most people that go to Amazon, they search using a keyword, okay? So forget about the category for a second, right? The keyword is the most important thing in my book because when someone goes to search for something, whether it's a garlic press, whether it's a basketball, they're searching for that thing. Now, sometimes they're gonna shop for a brand, it's true, but for the most part, it's like stainless steel garlic press. That's what they're that's what they're going after, right? So just first off, remember remember that that's like one of the most important things. Now, secondly, yes, we want to be listed in a category that is going to be you know relevant to what we're selling. Obviously, like why would we want to put a garlic press in sports and outdoors? It just doesn't make sense. Even though we could put it in there, and you know people could still find it doing a keyword search, but it just doesn't make sense, right? I mean, if someone is searching through a category, you're going to see a garlic press and it just doesn't jive with what they're looking for. So that wouldn't make sense. Um, but 
I would say, and you're talking more about competitiveness, like, okay, so if your competitor is listed in a a really competitive category, should you list yours in something that's semi-related, but maybe not 100% related, that has less competition? Here's my thoughts on this. As of right now, that I'm aware of, Amazon allows you to list in two categories, sometimes three, depending on your product, okay? So the first one, I would go after the one that is most relevant, okay? Whether it has a ton of competition or not, that's where I would put that, okay? Again, my personal preference doesn't mean it's right, but this is what I would do, okay? Secondly, and we can talk about this a little bit more, is I would then look at the second category to be relevant, but also where I could outrank anyone in that category so I could possibly get a bestsellers badge, okay? So what this means is my second category will be more or less a sub-sub-subcategory maybe instead of it being a top-level category. So if we're talking about home and kitchen or sports and outdoors, well, let's say that home and kitchen is the one that I should be listing in because it's a garlic press, but then the second one might be some type of kitchen utensil that is also sold in I'm just going to throw it out there, but let's just say like garden tools or something, right? So maybe that could be one that I could go into a really deep category because now I know that my ranking is going to out, you know, perform anyone that's selling in that category because I can look at the BSR and see where they are. And then they're going to give me the bestseller badge. And then when I get that bestseller badge, that badge is still going to show up on my listing, even though I'm not ranking or I'm not you know, I'm not top in the top level category. I'm still going to see bestseller in, right, outdoor, uh, you know, lawn and garden dash, you know, uh, tools and then garlic press, right? So that's what it's going to to show in the, in kind of like the, uh, it's kind of like the link tree on kind of how it would go. Um, I don't even know where I came up with that link tree. It's kind of, you know, you get what I'm saying. It's kind of like where you see like all of the different subcategories down below that it's kind of like dug into, right? It's like how deep it is. Um, and that's that's how you can then get a bestseller badge still being relevant. Again, I want this to be ethical and I want it to be honest and I want, you know, you to do this, you know, right, but you can still find these categories where your product is relevant, but it might not be, you know, like, as relevant as your main top category. If you're selling a garlic press, it's going to go in the home and kitchen, let's say. Um, So hopefully that makes sense. That's what I would look at. I wouldn't look at by you being in a certain category that you're going to get all of these sales coming in because you're in a category. Like I said, if we go back to to the beginning of this this, uh, answer that I was giving, it really, to me, keyword is number one. That's how you're being discovered. The categories are additional, but not, to me, as important as a keyword. Um, still, you want to be relevant. You still want to have you know your product listed in, in the main category that you should be listing in. So hopefully that answered your question. Hopefully anyone else listening that answers their question. And uh, you know, I think that, again, if you just keep your, keep your, um, you know, your sites on keywords and then category and then kind of what I just went over, I think you'll be. I I think you'll be good. All right. So um, let's go ahead and listen to another question and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, I'm a new listener to the uh, podcast. And uh, let me begin by thanking you for your show and all the great information uh, that you provided. Uh, Really appreciate your kind of giving spirit and willingness to share. Uh, The question that I have may have been asked before. I'm a newer listener to your uh, program, as I mentioned already. Um, so excuse me if it's been asked before, but I have a single product on Amazon uh, that's manufactured in Indonesia. 
And the primary cost for me for the product turns out to be shipping from overseas. So unless I order uh, approximately 4,000 units, which turns out to be about three quarters of a shipping container, it's really difficult for me to, to keep my shipping costs per unit down and my margins up. I sell approximately 350 units per month, and, uh, but I, and I, so I can't have all 4,000 units shipped to Amazon without paying excessive uh, storage fees uh, there at, at, at uh, Amazon. But I also don't want to keep the boxes at home. Doesn't make sense for me to do that. Are there any other options out there? For example, is there an economical way to store the excess inventory at a warehouse in the United States and arrange to ship a thousand units every two to three months to Amazon from the uh, uh, warehouse? Thank you and uh, continue to encourage us to take action. Okay, well, first off, um, I can't respond by name because you didn't leave your name, and uh, that's okay. I, I would like to say, hey, thanks for the question, Don, uh, or whatever your name is. Uh, but again, just to kind of remind you guys, if you do submit a question, please leave your first name uh, and uh, and just a brief question. That would be great. But I'm going to address this question. Um, this is my first thought on this, right? First off, okay, how much savings are we talking about? Are we talking about 20 cents a unit? Are we talking about a dollar a unit? Are we talking $2 a unit? Like, what are we talking? I think that's the question that I'd be asking myself or I'd be asking you if we were having that, that cup of coffee that I always talk about, uh, right? So that's um, that would be the first question because then the second thing would be like, well, does it really make sense to have 4,000 units shipped here, um, you know, and then have to store them? Like, so then we have to balance that out, right? So my first or my second thought on this, I guess, would be, okay, I'm sure we can find a storage unit here in the States that can house those units, and then you would just pay a storage fee every single month. That storage fee might be 100 bucks a month. It might be 200 bucks a month. Well, how fast are you going to go through those units? You're saying you're selling about 300, 350 units. Let's say it's 300 to keep the math simple, right? So it's going to take you a year to sell those 4,000 units. So if it's going to take you a year to sell those, how much storage fees is it going to cost to hold them uh, so this way here you can uh, you know, get that discount? So I would be more or less not looking at it at the discount side of things. I'd be looking at it more of the convenience side of things. So and what I mean by that is, is, is having, having inventory in a storage unit here allows you to have a big month and not get caught right? Where you're, you're kind of like, uh, now all of a sudden you're starting to sell really, really strong. And then you have to worry about getting inventory. So that would be one way to kind of have some inventory here. So if, if sales really start to pick up, you're going to have the inventory. So that would be the, the positive to doing that. The negative of course, is to have those sitting into a storage unit. Now, no matter where you put them, you're going to pay storage. And if you're saying that you want to automate that process too, or, or at least make a phone call and say, Hey, can you ship in a thousand units to Amazon for me? That's going to be a fee, right? So, um, there's not any service right now, um, that I'm aware of. And if obviously if there's listeners right now that have a solution to this, um, or even some recommendations, please, um, you know, let us know, uh, you can do it in the blog comments, or, uh, you can even do it uh, by sending me an email, Scott at the amazing And, um, I could obviously report back, but I do know of a service called Shipwire. Okay, shipwire.com. And uh, what they do is they do exactly what FBA does, is they do fulfillment 
okay, by their, by their warehouse. So they will store them, but again, you're going to have a storage fee and you're going to have a more or less like a fulfilled by whatever their service call it is, right? Uh, so like fulfilled by Amazon, you're paying the pick and pack fee. Well, I'm sure that you're going to pay a pick and pack fee for this service as well. You're always going to pay for a service regardless. Um, so again, hopefully, uh, you know, by me kind of working through this with you, uh, like right here, right now, that's my initial thoughts. Uh, so it would, I'd have to weigh it out and say, okay, do I plan on having a bigger fourth quarter? So I'm not going to sit on 4,000 units for a year. Uh, you know, and, and then the next order that you do, are you going to order more? Are you going to order 6,000 units to try to fill that container to get even a better deal? And if that's the case, well, now we need more storage in this facility. So now we have to plan that out, right? So everything really comes down to like, are you doing this for the savings or are you doing this for the convenience or are you doing it for both? Right? It might be both, uh, but with the same, you know, I guess the same thing in mind is that you are now introducing a little bit more to your workflow, okay? Because now you're going to have these different elements and these different pieces. Doesn't mean it's not right, and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. It's just these are the things that you need to think about when deciding to do that. Uh, now, I haven't used Shipwire uh as of yet, uh, I have uh, uh, been told that it, it's really a great service, uh, and uh, you know who knows, I may use it in the future. What's what's really great about that service, from what I hear, is it's a lot like Amazon FBA, except these people will also fulfill it for you to your website visitors or customers that go through that, or a sales funnel, or something like that. We know that we can use. Uh, Amazon FBA to fulfill our, our website sales too. We know that. And if you don't, you know it now. I just told you. Um, we can do that and we can set it up. There's a plugin that you can have for your WordPress blog if you have that. Uh, even um, Shopify, I believe, has something for that. And then what it'll do is it'll just basically notify your account that you just sold one. It'll create a work order in a sense uh, or a shipping order. And then Amazon will pick and pack it. You just won't pay the Amazon uh, fees. Uh, for basically selling it through Amazon. So like anything, there's always pros and cons, right? But uh, that is an option. And, uh, you know, hopefully this has helped you kind of work through this uh, this decision because it is a decision, right? And you have to see what's right for you and, uh, and currently what the main goal is for doing this, all right? So hopefully this has helped you or anyone else uh, with this similar situation. Let's go ahead and listen to another question and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, this is Jason uh, first of all, thank you again for such an amazing podcast. I have asked a question on here before, but you're always deserving of uh, plenty of gratitude. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I was just listening to episode 202 in which you answered a question from another listener who asked about how you should handle negative product reviews. So I want to ask a follow-up question to that because just like you, I also use the uh, sales backer tool. But as far as I am aware, uh, anytime I've attempted to reply to reviews on product, re product reviews actually on Amazon listings, Amazon tells me you cannot leave a comment unless you've actually purchased this product. So am I missing something? Is there somewhere that I'm supposed to reply to these reviews that I haven't seen. Um, I just want to double check because when I heard you explain your solution to the other listener, I thought this sounds great, but 
again, in my experience, you actually can't reply or leave comments. So let me know if I'm missing something. Uh, I love to hear your answer. And thank you again for everything you do. Keep them coming. Hey, Jason, thank you so much for the question and the second question. And thanks for the kind words too, man. I really appreciate that. Uh, always feels good when I get to hear from listeners and that, uh, well, that you're enjoying the podcast. It keeps me wanting to come back and uh, sit behind this mic and uh, talk to to everyone and kind of uh, listen to these questions and, and give you my thoughts. So thank you for that. Okay, so let's talk about this real quick. And anyone, again, that's kind of fairly new, uh, we're talking about follow-ups here. Okay, follow-up emails. Uh, he's talking about using a service called Sales Backer. Uh, and I actually use that service uh, now as well, and uh, it's a great service. And what it basically does is it automates the uh, the email follow-up. You get to write them, uh, those emails, and then it will automatically go out per your uh, trigger, in a sense, to where, like, let's say that it's been delivered, uh, then it will get sent out, your first email. And then after five days after it's been delivered, it'll go out another email, and then maybe 10 days later, it'll go out with another email. So just to kind of give you guys a brief overview of what that looks like, um, if you guys want to uh, check out Sales Backer, you can always head over to my resources page, theamazingseller.com forward slash resources. You'll uh, find a, uh, a link there that will actually give you 60 days to give it a try, uh, which is pretty cool. And that's offered by my good buddy, Chris Guthrie, who actually created that software. And uh, by the way, that is an affiliate link and you will buy me coffee. <laughs> so just to be uh, just to be upfront there, but it's a great service. So here's the deal. Okay. And this is, I'm, I'm a little confused uh, to be honest with you, Jason, because as long as you're logged into your Amazon account, okay, as you as the seller, whenever you reply or comment, it should come up as you, okay, or your company. Um, and there is a way in the back end also to uh, to basically create your own pen name if you want to. Um, I can't really, I guess, describe it here on how you would do that, but uh, really what you'll want to do is make sure that you're logged in. As long as you're logged into your Amazon account, you can leave a comment because they want you to leave a comment or a reply. Now, unless they've changed something, and I'm not aware of it, uh, but I've been able to do it, and um, I would think that they would want us to do that. So um, I'm not seeing an issue, and again, we're talking about reviews. So usually what'll happen is let's say that you get a three-star review, and you want to be notified when you get a three-star review, right? So what we're going to do here is we're going to receive an email from SalesBacker, and it's gonna say, hey, you just received a three-star review. You're now able to click on that link in that email from SalesBacker, and it'll take you directly to that review. And then you can go ahead and reply to that comment. And that that's something that we've talked about too, and I think it's important. I think that you should reply to uh, comments, okay, or reviews. I think you should comment. I think you should comment even on not just the bad ones, but you know the good ones. Maybe a quick thank you. Not on all of them, but just to let people know that you're you're watching and you're you know you're you're kind of keeping an eye on on your your products and your business. Uh, so I think it's it's smart to leave, especially on on negative ones, because you want to be able to show that you know you're willing to make that customer happy. Uh, and uh, you know it could be just as simple as, hey, I'm so sorry to hear that happened with your new garlic press. Uh, you know, please send send us uh, you know send us a message 
um, and we will make sure that you're taken care of. Uh, and then just it shows people that you're listening and that you're willing to go the extra mile. So um, not quite sure what's happening there uh, with you, uh, Jason, as far as your account, but I would make sure that you're logged in. Uh, you're not trying to leave a review. You're trying to leave a comment on a review. Um, so definitely check that out. And anyone else listening, that would be the issue, I would believe, uh, that you're not logged in as you, the seller. So um, maybe give that a try. So again, thanks for the question. And uh, thanks uh, again for being a listener, Jason. I really appreciate it. And so glad that you're uh, that you're taking action, man. That's awesome. All right. So we've got time for one more quick question. Let's go ahead and listen. And I will give you my answer. And we'll wrap this baby up and get on with our day. What do you say? Let's do it. Hey, Scott, this is Chris calling you from the beautiful coast of Maine. Um, On a recent hot seat with Chris Schaefer, uh, you guys were talking about uh, using a tool from SEO book, a duplicator tool where he was scraping uh, keywords from the top three ASINs um, for a product and uh, for a product niche and using this tool to be able to, I guess, show all the duplicated um, keywords. My assumption would be to use those duplicated keywords among those three top products um, to be able to use in your back end of uh, your product. I was just wondering if you might be able to expand a little bit on that um, because it sounds like a really interesting technique and one that I had never heard of. So thanks so much. Really appreciate it and I look forward to talking to you soon. Hey, Chris, thank you so much for the question from Maine. I've been to Maine and it's beautiful, beautiful Maine, especially in the fall. Uh, My wife and uh, my family, we've been to Maine uh, quite a few times and uh, we love it in the fall. So I know right where you're talking. Great area. Uh, Okay, so uh, good question. I think you might be a little bit confused as to what we were talking about there and hopefully I can clear it up for you. Um, What we were talking about, Chris and I, that is Chris Schaefer, is we were talking about how to optimize your your back end of your keyword search terms, okay? Because now they've expanded that out to where we have, you know, 5,000 characters we're able to put in there. I think it's 1,000 per line and there's five lines. And, um, And this was a way for you to get more keywords uh, indexed for your listing. That's really what we were talking about. And then what we were talking about is the strategy of taking your top three uh, competitors and then running them through the keyword inspector tool, okay? And then from there, taking all of those, okay, from all three of them and then dumping them into a dedupe tool, basically a tool that will take any duplicates and get rid of them. So this way here, you're only showing one. So if you have three different lists of keywords, you may have some that are duplicates across all three. We only want that shown once. We don't want to duplicate it. Um, and uh, so basically, let me because I know I'm going to get questions about this. The keyword inspector tool that we're talking about is, and again, you guys can check this out. I do have a link that will buy me coffee. Uh, It's uh, theamazingseller.com forward slash keywords. um, And that is the keyword inspector tool. You buy credits in order to run these these reverse searches, okay, on these different ASINs. Um, But again, you can check it out on the resources page as well. There's a link there, theamazingseller.com forward slash resources or theamazingseller.com forward slash keywords, and it'll take you 
basically to their uh, their uh, page that kind of shows you exactly what I'm talking about here, okay? But that's what we did. We used that. We bought some credits. We ran some scrapes. And then from there, what we did is we ran those through a deduper, okay? An SEO book has a free one that you can use and you just dump them in and then you kind of check that you want to make sure that there's no duplicates, okay? And um, I can give you guys the link there as well. Um, I probably should add that to my resource page too. So maybe by the time that you listen to this, I'll add it to the resources page, but I'll give you the link. It's going to be a longer link. Um, and again, we'll drop it in the show notes, but this is the link. Okay. Tools.seobook.com forward slash keyword hyphen list hyphen cleaner. And then from there you can find that right there. And you'll see, it'll say keyword list cleaner, and then you can choose your settings, remove duplicates, remove blank lines, sort alphabetically. You can, there's a whole bunch of things. You just paste them in and then hit run list cleaner, and it'll take care of that for you. Again, that was a long, uh, weird link. So, uh, if you want, go over to the resources page, theamazingseller.com forward slash resources, scroll down to where you, you'll see keyword, uh, research, I believe. And then from there you'll find, I'll put a link there to SEO book duplicate uh, list cleaner or something like that. Um, so definitely check that out. You can also, I believe, run a dedupe inside of like Microsoft Word or um, one of those, maybe even in Google Docs, not quite sure. Um, but really it's just a deduper as far as like duplicate words. So you wanna remove them. Uh, and then we just took those and then we're putting them in those first, or those, um, you know, the, the, the backend search terms. Um, so that's what we were talking about. So this way here, in the, because we, we know that in the backend of our, of our listing, um, we don't need to repeat our keywords, okay? We can just put it in there once and then, you know, Amazon will basically pick and choose um, to make those make sense. Now, there's been some talk about, you know, could you do like stainless steel garlic press, comma, space, uh, black handle garlic press, comma, space. Like some have said that they're testing that. Some are seeing results. Some are not seeing results. So I'm not really sure what to say on that. Well, I do know what to say test it and see what works for you. But as of right now, we've been kind of told that, uh, in, and I've been you know, kind of seeing the results from just using the keyword once and putting it in there, and then you're going to be indexed and optimized for those keywords. Um, so that's pretty much what we were talking about when we were discussing uh, during that hot seat. All right, so uh, hopefully that makes sense. All right, so again, the resources uh, for this episode can be found at, or not even just the resources, but the, the transcripts, the show notes, all those links I mentioned, all of that can be found on this episode, which will be theamazingseller.com forward slash 238. And um, again, everything will be there, the transcripts, the, the links, the show notes, all of that stuff. And uh, yeah, if you guys have a question and you guys want me to answer it on an upcoming show like this, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. And I would love to hear from you. Just make sure you leave your first name, please. I want to be able to address you and, and kind of uh, give you a little shout out, give you a little love. Um, and speaking of love, if you guys can do me a quick favor, if you guys have been listening to this for a while, or maybe you just learned of the podcast and you're getting value from it, could you go out there and maybe share it? Maybe share it on uh, on Twitter. Maybe share it on Facebook or maybe one of the communities that you're part of. You know, share the love a little bit. That would be cool. And uh, maybe head over to iTunes and uh, leave a leave a review over there if you haven't done so already. That would be awesome. So uh, really, really uh, would appreciate that. So that's it, guys. That's going to wrap it up. I'm going to let you guys get on with your day. But you have to remember one thing. I'm here for you. I believe in you. And I'm rooting for you. 
but you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.